Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. And joining me on the episode today, I have Linda Vella, Director, Early Childhood Education and Care. Welcome back to the podcast, Linda. Hey, thanks, Trudy. It's lovely to be here. Hey, and Linda, let's uh, kick off our conversation. What's been a recent success for you? Oh, Trudy, you know, in the earlier spaces, as in all of our region, there's so many successes. But the one that I want to talk about this afternoon is really about um, we've worked hard as a team to implement a process to really help our most vulnerable children transition into school successfully. And it's the partnership we've established with Child Safety um, to help those little ones in out-of-home care transition into our schools successfully. So that's been a great partnership to get started. Still a lot of work to be done and and getting it to nearly business as usual. So that's been a great success. And also our transitioning our little ones with disability into our schools through the ECDP space. And just recently, we're starting to formulate a strong partnership with um, NDIS. uh, And that's just at its infancy too as well. So it's, it's really interesting work you know, this is my dream to get this as business as usual and and to help our schools be ready for these little ones transitioning in. So it's incredible work and I'm proud of that work with the team. I was just going to say, Linda, that sounds like work you can be really proud of. Yeah, I'm really happy with this. So it's finally getting legs this year. Yeah, great. Great. Uh, In a similar vein, one of the successes that I'm really proud of is how the principals that I work with have really embraced the opportunity to dig into the inclusive education space and how they've put a whole new lens on the NCCD work and their accountabilities in that space. It's been great to see them really understand what that's all about. So, And it's only just the start and I hope that they continue to invest in their own capability and learning so that they can be confident leaders um, and leaders of inclusive schools. So, yeah. Absolutely. If you get it right for all those little ones and those students, you get it right for everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So, Linda, I'm talking to you today because you're, of course, the Director of Early Childhood Education and Care, but you're also the strategic lead for the Early Years portfolio. So, of course, like we've done with the other portfolio areas in central Queensland, we'd love to hear what's on the agenda for the portfolio. Definitely. Thanks, Trudy. And as I think we might have even talked about a couple of years ago, and I know you had our ADG Deb Dunstan on not so long ago, and where we always start is with the department's strategic plan, which really falls nicely and cascades into our early years plan and the whole of government response to our early years. And it really is about 
ensuring our youngest people in our region are really getting every opportunity to have the happy, healthy and be productive students and children as they transition into school. And it really is about a whole of government. So it's everyone coming together. So education is a, is a key player in this space. But we really want to um, work with health. We want to work with councils. We want to work all together in that prior to school space to reduce vulnerability, according to the AEDC or the Australian Early Development Census. Um, we're really working hard in that space to reduce that vulnerability. And but also, if you flip that, to really increase those children on track on those five domains. So it's I mean, an incredible body of work. That work is now what we call the Connect for Children strategy. And a lot of schools will hear about this and would know about this and be also part of this. And where we started was looking at nine locations across central Queensland region to really start to unpack and how do we work together to improve opportunities for those families, for those children and that reside in those areas. So there's some incredible work going on there, not only with schools and early childhood services, but councils. We're seeing schools, early childhood services, everyone coming together to either implement a, a special play group or access to coming to school. It's working within those children in out of home care. It's all of those combination of pieces coming together to improve um, outcomes for those children. But also the early years plan talks about four focus areas. It's about improving quality, which we talked about just then protective factors. And we also really work hard with our early childhood services, of which we have 260 across our region, to help them also improve in quality because children attending a quality early childhood service is a protective factor of the AEDC. Which really working about, and we talked about earlier, that improving successful transitions from home to playgroup to kindy to school. So there's lots of key junctures. And then what we talk about in the region is transitions between year levels, transitions from primary to high school, then high school to employment. So all of those areas are really, really keen. But back to that early year space, if we can get that transition space really right and are ready for those children as they transition into their new context, and there's lots of discussion out there and it's really on the tip of everyone's tongues now about let's do this work together and let's really think and review and how can we do this better for these children and their families. A really another big body of work to really work in this space is we've got a regional playgroup coordinator too, Trudy, that's been working intensively across our schools of those schools that want to impl implement our playgroup. We've got 92 school-based playgroups now. And in the course of about uh, 12 months, we've doubled that. Um, Chris Keeler, who I'll do a shout out, is our pl regional playgroup facilitator or coordinator. She's worked with those schools and those that need that intensive support or universal support and guiding them around what we call the national quality standards to reflect on what constitutes a quality playgroup 
you know, we're looking at, you know, those children in out-of-home care attending playgroup, those children with a disability attending playgroups, and how can we make our playgroups culturally welcoming for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children as well? So there's a great depth of work happening there. And I reach out to schools if, if you're keen to explore this as an option, please contact us in the region to talk further with us and go and talk with your ARD as well, because it is a really great way to get to know your families as they transition into school and there's some great work in there. In that transition space, of course, we use the statewide decision-making tool also to really reflect on and support our schools to reflect on what they want to review in that transition space. The reciprocal relationships is one. A lot of schools are now looking at that effective pedagogy and practice and AAP, but also that's a whole pedagogy piece to a whole school approach. Those resources I've put in our links, Trudy, to at the end, I know you're going to send out, but there is at the moment, and I've just read today, on the learning place, there's actually going to be an early years hub now, which will have housed all those, not just in lots of different locations, but in one location. So watch that space for that. That So the decision-making tool there, the K-2 continuity alignment website is a fantastic place to go to for those resources as well as contacting the regional team to support you with those discussions in that space, to walk alongside, help you unpack the data. What's your data telling you? You've got your K-2 dashboard this year. Important to note that'll go on to SWORD next year for individual schools. So please watch out for that. But look at that data. Is that telling you a story about your transitions? Having a look at how many transition statements you receive from kindies. Also, how you use them, and I think that's really, really important. And they're all really key, important things to have a look at in that space. And Trudy, just while I'm on transition statements, I know it's in our regional update. I know our regional directors sent it out to schools. But when enrolling our kindergarten children, to me, really be mindful of to tick. They went to kindy box on the enrolment form because that gives us the accurate data about transition statements and for your school too as well and how you use them. I'm really interested when I look at schools data, how they use the transition statement. We're moving into that, that frame of let's use them to really get to know those children. We actually have regional team members and you can reach out to your early childhood kindergarten services to unpack what constitutes a transition statement understanding the Queensland Kindergarten Learning Guidelines to really understand that important document because it has a wealth of information that is predominantly written for families and it's strength-based, but when you dig into it, it tells you quite a lot of information that will help schools be ready for these children as they transition in. Yeah, Linda, um, just thinking about transitions and you mentioned kindy and go right back to previous podcasts, um, you mentioned Deb Dunstan did a podcast with me. That was episode 32 on mm -hmm. Kindy for All, if our listeners are, are looking for these earlier ones to listen to after this one. And then episode 16, I did um, early years transitions at Mackay West. So that would probably be also a great episode to listen to, particularly exactly what you're talking about transitions 
and um, the work that they were doing at Mackay West and, and making that really successful and using the transition statements, those strong partnerships with parents and families and early providers and how they reach out and connect with them. And then you and I were together in episode seven when we did early years. So uh, there are three previous episodes that just fit exactly what you're talking about there and making the most for our little people as they come in. And yeah, that work right now around kindy for all and really um, having a good knowledge, a good understanding of how many of our young people have access to kindy service prior to starting in prep is really important. Mm. Yeah, so Linda, you were talking through the focus areas and you'd covered improving quality, improving children's well-being, learning and development, the successful transitions. So what's the fourth focus area? It's improving access, participation, attendance and inclusion. It is our fourth focus area. So what we what we really focus on there is the work that we've done in that inclusion space, and that is about our little ones from out of home care, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children, and our children with disabilities. So are we ready for these little ones transitioning? And so we're putting in lots of um, processes to help that happen. Um, and but how do we? Well, there's also a cluster of children that may not have attended kindy. So one of the things I always think about in that transition space, and just to remind everyone, transition doesn't finish when you start playgroup or kindy or school, it keeps on going. And remember too, a lot of our little ones and families might not start their transition to day one of prep or week three of prep or week three of kindy. So what does transition look like for that child and their family after the school year has started or after the kindy year has started? We've got to always think about that because we're always going to have those children that have moved into an area from maybe another state or just have not attended a playgroup or a kindy previously. So we do a lot of work leading up to the start of prep. Be really mindful of what does it look like once you've once the year is underway and how is your school thinking about that transition for those those families that might arrive into your town week three of the year so that's something to really think about and in that participation attendance and inclusion and improving access we're often talking about kindergarten in that space and state delivered kindy as you know is is a big part of central queensland region with 40 of our schools with a state delivered kindy and the reason they have a state delivered kindy is because they're at least 40 kilometers away from a kindergarten such as a cnk or a gary or a catholic kindy so there has been a market failure so to speak, and that's why there is state delivered kindies. So we're really making sure there's options there for families to have a face-to-face -face kindy program. There's also e-kindy through School or Distance Ed, and that's always there on offer and really is important part of the kindergarten landscape, particularly for our families that are on properties, for families that might have children that are very unwell and can't go to kindy. So that is there too as well. We've got only about five or six schools now that have what we call e-kindy pods and they have come up across the state and across our region. If there's a number of children registered with school or distance ed doing e-kindy, 
in a location that they can go to school for a day and there is a facilitator funded by Bush Kids and they can access a day of socialisation. But the families have to be doing e-kindy 15 hours a week with School of Distance Ed. One of the things that, and Deb Dunstan talked in your previous podcast, is the new kindy reform package that's coming in 2023. And this is really exciting because kindy is virtually going to be free for a number of very vulnerable cohorts. So it's really looking at the funding. And I won't unpack everything Deb already has um, unpacked in the podcast, but there's a lot of rollout with our kindy services to understand that new kindy funding model. And there is another piece of work truly happening for us to give those key messages to organisations that have direct contact with those families that are quite vulnerable to let them know, register for kindy because it could be free for you in 2023. And we really probably put the challenge out or the call out to our schools are you talking to families about kindy that might be coming in to enrol their little one for prep or year one who have a little kindy age person with them? Let them know. Did you know there's a kindy down the road? Have you enrolled for kindy? So making sure we're all sending that same message and we are going to get some key messages out to our schools about the new kindy reform package so they can be having information for families there at their schools as well as at the kindies, because the more we're all talking about that, our families will know that kindy can be free for quite a few of our families. And that kindy funding follows that family if they move to another kindy, which is really exciting. So we really, that's another important aspect of our improving access for those families that are going to kindy or wanting to enrol and, and register for kindy. And there's a lot of work we're doing with our playgroup facilitators to share that information as well. And so the more we get that message out there for our families, the more families will consider registering for kindy. So that's a really, really important part too. One of the, the data sets I do look at, Trudy, is our percentage of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children that are attending kindy. And we've got over 92% of those children attending kindy, which is fantastic. We've got a bit of work to do with our children in dis that reside in disadvantaged areas and for all of our children, but that's a real celebration for our, our region. So it's fantastic to see. So, Linda, with that new kindy reform, what is the government hoping to see as a result of that investment? We're hoping to see that well, kindy participation will rise again because we haven't got everyone attending kindy and also really wanting to see those vulnerable cohorts attending kindy because that's where our data is falling behind too as well. Kindergarten is such a protective factor of the Australian Early Development Census. If children attended a quality kindergarten, that's a really going to help the trajectory in life for them. They make friends, they start that transition to school, and that's where it's really, really important. Um, so that's, you know, we really want to be able to say that's the data set we want to move, but it's more than that. We want to see those, those children having access and having choice to go to kindy. And once upon a time, it was a bit out of their reach, as in fund expense-wise. So this is a really proactive piece that the central office and the, and the state and Queensland have really worked hard with. So it's a very exciting, it's a big, big package of work. 
And Deb was talking about the calculator, like a yes. little app to, to families right. to, to calculate whether kindy would be free for them. And if I recall correctly, there was also going to be packages for schools to help share the message. And I'm yes. sure schools won't mind promoting kindy on their Facebook pages and in their newsletters and, you know, handouts Absolutely. even. Yeah. And the kindy app, thanks for reminding me about that, Trudy. The kindy app will have the kindy calculator and work out how much it will cost. So families will be able to put their details in where they live and all those details, and it will tell them how much kindy will cost for them. So that's going to be a really powerful tool. So they'll go in, you know, with that information when they go in to register for kindy. So once we get all that information, the package out, it'll be fantastic if schools can be promoting that. And to go full circle again, back to the transitions piece, I have had school principals tell me how they took Deb Dunstan's advice and have reached out to educators in the local services and included them in professional development opportunities and networking oh, opportunities locally. Yes. yes, and truly we're hearing that more and more and that's wonderful. And we've got so many early years networks that um, – Julie Wilson's team and Nadia Harley's team run across the region where it's a prime opportunity for schools and early childhood services to come together. So Linda, as we come to the end, is there anything else that you wanted to share for our listeners? What I would love to share is just that I've been in this role for some time now and I can see the momentum gathering right in from birth to eight. And it's the quality of our early childhood services. It is the work that's happening in the playgroup space, the kindergarten space, the ECDP space, the early childhood um, development program space. It's the partnerships with um, external agencies to help transition in. And a big shout out to the schools in this transition space because they're doing some really powerful collaborative work with all of those parties. And, you know, we want to share that across the region. So if you're wanting to share your story, please let us know because, you know, we put it in regional updates and we learn from each other what, you know, different things that have happened and went to a, a fantastic play group not so long ago in our, one of our schools. And the principal said to me, you know, Linda, it's not about enrolments for my school, this play group. It's getting to know those families and they're going to go to someone's school. So that's a powerful message. And this play group was amazing. And um, the connections and the principal gets down there and reads the story. Um, they have guests come in and talk to families about different services that they can access. A play group is a fantastic way to connect with your families with babies right through. And I think that's a really important, um, powerful message. So I'm very proud to be part of the Central Queensland region and working with not just the early years team, but the state schooling team as well, because we all are in this together. What I've talked about this afternoon is not just early years, it's right across. And I can't say, reiterate that enough, that it's an exciting space to be in. And that connection between the early years and state schooling is a signature of Central Queensland and we wouldn't have it any other way. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely. Well, Linda, I really appreciate you sharing all of those updates. So I know you've been on the podcast before and you've done the fast five that aren't so fast, <laughs> but you ready to play again? I am absolutely ready. Oh, great. 
Okay, so Linda, even though we've heard it previously, when and where was your first teaching appointment? It was at Fitzgerald State School here in Mackay. Great. And Linda, when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile? Well, it's interesting. It's something that happened not in this region. It was just this week I went to a, another region to be just part of a school review and in the, S, the state delivered kindy space. But I met with this delightful young lady in year four and we were having a shared morning tea together. And I said, where are you? What's your next lesson? She said, English. Absolutely love English. And I said, tell me what you're doing. Well, she said, when I was in year two, I wrote two and three pages of a story. I really want to be an author and write a novel. So I've got a name. So I'm going to be looking out for her her novel in the in the bookshops when she's older. But she was absolutely delightful um, young student that I met there. Sounds like a great conversation. Linda, what's your best book or film recommendation? Well, I'm going to go with the book I'm reading at the moment, and it's called The Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams. And it's set back in the late 1800s when they were, it sounds a little bit like a bit of a, a um, love words, but it's actually really interesting how the dictionary was put together, but it's all the side stories um, that go with it. It's very interesting. That's intriguing. Thanks mm. for sharing that recommendation. What's your favourite quote, Linda? Oh, I think this one I've already said it, to, that we're all in it together in a positive way, not a COVID way, <laughs> um, but a positive way in central Queensland region. And as far as things to see in CQ, what's our best kept secret? Uh, this one was really hard, Trudy, because... Um, I've travelled all over the place, but I think it might have to be the rainbow serpent on the, the big rock as you're coming into Windora. It wow. is fantastic. It's it's huge. And it's I don't think it's a best-kept secret. It's actually quite a tourist thing, but it really fascinates me and I always reflect on how, was that, how long did that take to be put together and it is beautiful. It is really beautiful. Can't say I've seen it in real life, but I've seen a photo and I will find a photo and pop it in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. And thanks for being a part of the episode today. It was great to have you back. I really enjoyed it, Trudy. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you have enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. If you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the show, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.